I'm Lights Camera Jackson, and welcome to the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. I have had the chance to screen 40 minutes of footage of The Sea Beast, this really cool new Netflix animated feature. It premieres on the streaming service July 8th. Joining me, it's director, Academy Award winner, Chris Williams. Welcome to the show. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. It's very exciting. Oh, man, we're doing this about a month before the film debuts on Netflix. What's left to do? <laughs> well, the truth is it's done. Um, so now we're just waiting to put it out into the world and, and hopefully people uh, check it out and hopefully they enjoy it. Oh, how, how does it feel that it's done, that it's ready to go? Oh, my gosh. Wow. How does it feel? That's a big question. Um, it's, it, it feels obviously good because it's <laughs> there's no guarantee when you when you start out to make something this ambitious that you're gonna you know get to the end of the line and it involves obviously working with hundreds of talented people in this case through a pandemic um it was certainly had its its challenges um and you i mean you've seen enough of the movie to know that it's it's in, in incredibly ambitious as far as the world building goes and uh and so I'd have to say it's it's I'm I'm very proud of it and it's and it's absolutely it's a relief that we got to the finish line and and I'm happy the way it turned out. Nice. Congratulations. We'll get into some of the key sequences that I love in this in a second, but mentioned you're an Oscar winner. You won for Big Hero 6. You were at Disney for 20 years as a director and a story artist and a writer on many animated features, Bolt as well, which I love. When did you know it was time to set sail on a new adventure at Netflix? <laughs> That's that's a really good question. I um uh, I moved uh, from my hometown to Los Angeles to to work at Disney, um, and I was at Disney for almost twenty five years, and which was half my life at that point. And and the truth is, I I had a great experience there, and I worked on movies that I'm really proud of, uh, and I had I have friendships and working relationships that go back uh, that went back decades, and and so there was really um, there was nothing negative there's no there's no reason why i had to leave other than just change for for its own sake you know um i was getting very comfortable and was concerned that i would perhaps be getting too comfortable and, and getting complacent and i just wanted to disrupt myself and throw myself into something new and see what would come out of it you know um and and so it was it was it was hard it was it was stressful and it was sad but also very exciting to know that i was going to be um, uh, going to go, you know, going into a very different experience. And I remember very vividly that first drive to work when, when I was, you know, when I was working in a new place and I very much had that, that first day at school feeling, you know, where you're, you're, there's a nervousness and you don't exactly know what you're, you're walking into, but almost, but also a real excitement at the possibilities. Um, and I was fortunate enough, I was fortunate to, to meet really amazing people. Um, that were really excited and committed to the idea of, of making a movie like this. Mm. And we were off to the races. It is a big action adventure and there is a sweeping action sequence in the opening section of the movie that I love. I'm sitting watching at home going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and it keeps going and going. It's amazing. Monster <laughs> Hunter crew on a ship at sea. How challenging was it to put that together? Uh, 10 out of 10. It was really challenging <laughs> just to do an animated movie, like a CG animated movie on one of these ships that are really complex organisms just in their own right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and these ships, you know, they have decent sized crews and, and we really couldn't skimp on that. So there's a lot of characters 
and, and you're out in the open ocean. So there's all of that. And then you have gigantic monsters that are interacting with, with, with the, the human characters and the ships and everything. Um, and it was, so it was obviously we knew from the beginning, this was going to be really, really ambitious. Um, and, but the nice thing with animation is it's, it's a relatively small community that, that loves a challenge. And so when you say this is going to be really hard, they don't run, they don't run away. You know, they say, then let me add it. You know, they, they, they really want to take on something difficult. And, and that's, that spirit definitely permeated this film uh, from top to bottom. Everyone was really engaged and excited and I think galvanized around the idea of making something that you haven't quite seen before. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, you've seen enough to know that the, the scale of the world and the set pieces is, is pretty over the top. And I know you haven't seen the, the whole movie, but I, I, it, 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 um, it doesn't let up <laughs> as far as the, 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 the scale of, of some of the set pieces that we have uh, yeah. in store for you. <laughs> it's big, it's grand. And yeah, with that sequence, I could tell the camera angles and the movements are so key and so precise. And I'm glad that your team was up to the task of giving us angles and movements. We, you're right. We have not seen before in animation. Well, and you know, it, it goes back to my love of adventure stories and, and action films. And, and I grew up loving King Kong, Raiders of the Lost Ark, movies like the opening scene, really the, 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 the entirety of Casino Royale has these incredible scenes. The Road Warrior was a big one for me growing up. And then Fury Road. Mm. Um, I just love it's It's pure cinema when you put together a great action scene. Yeah. Um, and so I really wanted to go all the way um, and, uh, and see what we could do. The good news is that fortunately for me, it's, 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 Animation is never a one-person show, right? I'm working with really, really talented people who bring lots of great ideas um, uh, as far as the the story construction, scene construction, uh, camera work. You know, that's 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 a credit to the the entire crew. And I was going to ask you about your favorite cinematic beasts, so I'm sure King Kong is on that list. Who else would you put on that list? Well, I, just to, to circle around King Kong because that's the one that came up probably the most. It's it's such a I was so affected by that film when I saw it as a kid, and it was the, the, the '70s version is the one that I saw, and it's not considered the the great version of the movie, but it was my version, and to me it was great, and and it had all the things, the uncharted island, venturing into the unknown world, and then you know these huge set pieces with monster battles were super cool. But it achieves something else, which is an emotional connection with with the creature. And because at the very end of the movie, you're left you're left with something that feels moving, feels really emotional. And 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 that's a difficult thing to achieve sometimes with movies that have uh, creatures of that scale. And and so we kept circling around that one. Um, and uh, and and probably that was our touchstone through the process. Okay, cool. I, and of course, you know, sorry, as, as, a, as a kid growing up, Godzilla, you know, watching those, those kaijus going at it, like nothing better. And now there's new versions of both of them. And, and you know that the 2005 King Kong terrified me because I was like six or seven when that came out and I would just see pictures of the 2005 King Kong and that terrified me. And still, when I see it to this day, it, it brings me back to that moment. There's a little something, something there. Yeah. Powerful. Cinematic beasts can be really powerful. Yeah. And, and the technology now allows you to really kind of make it feel convincing. Mm. And so it's really, really there.
And of course, you know, when I was a kid, you you granted more license, right? So when you look at the, those older films, like the 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 I mean, the original King Kong with the stop motion, which I love, I love the right. stop motion look. Um, but the '70s version with the big puppet hand, you know, we look at it now and we think it looks fake. But when you're at, at that time, people were much more willing to to give license, and so you just believed it. Mm. Um, but now you can really make things that look absolutely convincing. Um, and, and so with this new technology, these incredible new tools, the question is, what do you want to do with it? Right, right. Yeah. Chris Williams is with me, Academy Award winner, director of The Sea Beast. It's on Netflix July 8th. One of the other things you get really right in the 40 minutes I've seen, the authenticity of the lingo and the dialogue. What kind of research went into that? Because all of the terminology and the feel of it all, really strong. Well, thank you very much. That was really critical for me. That was one of the big mission statements going in is I wanted this world to feel really plausible and complete and feel really immersive so that you got the feeling that I got when I watched when I watched Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or Blade Runner. There are these films where you feel like you're in a, in a, in a comprehensive, complete world where there's a history that led up to the, the moment that the story started and that you get a sense that that the, the filmmakers know what's what's beyond the frame that you're looking at, right? You could point the camera in any direction and 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 the and the and the world would would hold up. Mm. And so we really wanted that. And so what that meant is we had to do a ton of research. You know, we we went and visited a lot of these ships and and learned firsthand how they how they work, how they operate. Um, we, there was a guy named Gordon Lackow, who's a consultant who worked on Master and Commander, who's very knowledgeable and very passionate about these ships in that era. And, and, and he really helped us. Um, and and, and it, it, there, was, there was a lot of intangibles, but a lot of things that very directly came from the research and made its way into, into the story. And, and yeah, as far as the language goes, I was, I was inspired by Master and Commander, where sometimes they would get really dense with the, with, with the, the terminology in ways that you, you sometimes wouldn't understand every single word, but you understood the intent and it, and it felt very, it made it feel very deep and very grounded. And I wanted that for this movie more than anything else I've ever worked on. I wanted people to feel like they've been teleported to a time and place and just get lost in it. And, but that then the onus is on you to make it feel really, really complete and make something as dense and complicated as one of these ships you know, really, really do all the hard work of, of not skimping on, on anything. You know, the, the, one of the, the big challenges was the ropes. Mm. Uh, ropes can be really, really hard in, in CG animation. And, and I learned that firsthand working on Moana. Moana, she pilots a, a little boat and there's, you know, a handful of like six or eight or 10 ropes on there. And, and that was a real technological challenge for us. It kind of blindsided us. We, you know, we were ready for all, all these other things, but that was the thing that, that was the bane of our existence through making Moana from a technological standpoint. And then here we go on to Sea Beast, where there is literally hundreds of ropes everywhere you look, right? But the the good thing is the 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 when you present a challenge like that, again, people get really jazzed by that, you know. And and so we knew. We weren't this time we weren't blindsided by it. We knew ropes are going to be everywhere and they're going to be really hard. So how do we solve that problem? And once you get a bunch of once you make a lot of really smart people aware of what a problem might be, they come up with solutions. And and so this ship just feels really, really complete. 
the experience feels complete and, and authentic and, and I can't wait for everybody to, to check it all out. And I can't wait to listen to more of Jared Harris because his voice performance to me as Captain Crow is already a contender for my favorite voice performance of the year. I, for a character, I don't quite know everything about yet and, and which way I want to fall with him. Do I like him? Do I not want to like him? But he is fantastic. Yeah, it's he is such an incredible talent. And I, and I don't think I'm overstating it to say that he I think he's one of our great living actors. He was just incredible. It was mesmerizing to be in a room with him and because he's able to convey so many layers in his performance. And and, you know, he he can be at times a, a force of antagonism in the story. Um, but at the same time, you see all these really good qualities that he has and why he makes a why the the he's a great captain and why the crew looks up to him and, and respects him. And so there's a comp- complexity to the character, even though there are times where he does things that you may not agree with and probably don't agree with. And uh, but but you're still sympathetic to him. You still understand where it's coming from or you, you can understand him. And, and I think he is he was a. Uh, he was the right actor to take on a character like that with all these different layers. And, and, and it was interesting to me, you know, from early on, people really responded to that character and said, I really like Captain Crow. And I was like, wow, really? Even though he did this and this and this? And they're like, yeah, I can't help it. I like him. And, and I give so much of the credit to, to Jared for that. I think so. Yes, I gravitated towards him and I gravitate towards the relationship between uh, Jacob and Maisie. And what are we going to see in the rest of it without giving too much away? But but that core central relationship in this story. Yeah, the, it, the, the movie is was really big and sprawling in its ambition. Um, but at the core of it, the core relationship is is Jacob and Maisie's. And and the movie is more about that than it is about anything else. And and that had to work. And, and so those two characters and those two actors had to play well off each other. Um, and, and I think that they did. You know, we, we always think of those, the, that central relationship in terms of, of are they good foils for each other? Do they bring the best out of each other as, as characters? And the nice thing with, with Jacob and Maisie's dynamic, I think, is that Jacob sort of comes on screen. And you have an impression of him as this kind of archetypal hero. Um, really someone who is courageous and strong and, and capable. And you get a sense that his, 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 he's a good person. His heart's in the right place. He's this hero, but you also get a sense like of, of little imperfections, including maybe a little bit of an ego to go along with that. Um, and so characters like that become a balloon that you can inflate and then pop. Right. And Maisie is the perfect person to come along and pop that balloon because she is a force in her own right. Right. And so they right away, she wants something Then Jacob feels like it's not a great idea, but she is unstoppable. And so she, she just has him back on his heels. And it's so fun to watch this guy who's who's not used to being back on his heels, um, reeling from his experience of being with her, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so we, we kept talking about um, uh, in animation, we use the word flummoxed a lot. Jacob would be flummoxed by by Maisie's uh, in presence and her insistence on what she wanted, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so you have these two really willful characters, and it's fun at times to watch Maisie, who's young and inexperienced when it comes to seafaring, uh, getting the better of him. Yeah, it, it is. I'm looking forward to watching more of that dynamic because yes, you've got the the young hotshot guy 
in control and then this little girl comes along and changes everything for him and and we'll be ready to see the rest of where it goes and before i let you go this is the perfect kind of movie for the summertime to be released on netflix what does the rest of your summer post july 8 look like <laughs> well i am going to be doing a little bit of traveling um we're going to uh france to to premiere the movie for the Annecy film festival so that's going to be happening which is really exciting um, and then, you know, they'll have me, they're going to ship me off to, to London and New York to promote the film. And, and it's all very exciting, you know, to kind of get the word out. I'm really proud of the movie and, and really uh, amazed by what our crew was able to achieve. And so I'm, I'm going to be um, kind of hopefully put, putting the word out and getting people to check the movie out. And then a nice break for you. And then you can relax a little bit. Yeah, I, I hope so. I'm not, I'm not good at relaxing. I've just, I've learned about myself. You know, we, we finished the movie and I, I spent my, you know, my week playing Xbox and uh, then I kind of got bored and I was like, okay, I'm ready to make another movie. And, and uh, so here we go. And uh, so I'm starting to think about uh, what's next, but of course my wife and my family are going to make sure we get to, uh, uh, you know, we, we do some, some family vacations first. Very good. Well, enjoy Annecy. Enjoy your trip around the world as we take a trip with the Sea Beast on Netflix Friday, July 8th. Chris Williams, the director, thank you so much for being on the LCJ Q&A today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Thank you for listening to this. You can listen to more at Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where all the LCJ Q&A episodes are. And for more, go to lights-camera-jackson.com.